0: you're listening to Northern Stages podcast. When we say podcast, we mean a conversation. A conversation we held on Tuesday, the 10th of August. This week, we talked to Manny Rushbrook and Stephen Blackshaw from the 620. This is all killer and no filler. It's a great conversation with a company that are asking theater to retire its comfortable shoes and its smoking jacket for something a whole lot more exciting. Have a listen. Afternoon, everyone, you're listening to Northern Stages podcast. this afternoon, we're talking to um, Melanie Rashbrook and Stephen Blackshaw from the Six Hundred and Twenty. And as always, I'm joined by the constantly silent producer Johnny. Um, hello, Stephen. Hello, Melanie. How are you?
1: Uh, hello. Yeah, very, yeah, doing well. I feel feel quite quite good today. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So that sounded very hesitant, didn't it? I think it's just I still don't know the answer to that question a lot at the moment during this this period of time or whatever we're calling it.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I also don't know why I ask it, but at the same time, <laughs> it's also good to know if people are sort of, like, feeling some sort of, like, happiness after 20 weeks of this, you know, and it's good to see both of your faces. How are you, Mr. Blackshaw? I mean, Stephen, sorry.
2: Um, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having us. It's really lovely to be here.
0: That's no, great you're here. Yeah. Um, so we're going to spend the next hour talking all things about the 620, the Northeast, and all of other things in between. Um, so I'm going to start with an easy one for the pair of you and um so um uh, if somebody doesn't know who you are who are you and what do you do excellent
1: question um we are (laughs) we are uh we're the 620 and we what do we do I suppose I I would describe us as making um really social theatre and theatre for a good night out um and trying to kind of at the moment I keep talking about a lot about fun and trying to like reclaim having fun. And, uh, and that kind of, there's being a big part of what we do is play and fun. And it still can be a lot of hard work, what we do, but there's always play and a lot of fun in what we make, um, and very social theater. And sometimes we get a bit bracketed in what is called gig theater. And, uh, I'm really happy to be part of that as well. Um, but yeah, so it's a kind of that I don't know. Stephen, help me out. What do we do? I always I always really struggle with explaining who we are and what we do. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I was I was hoping you were going to answer all the serious questions today, Melanie. So <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say yeah. We, I mean, it's theatre for a good night out. Um, and yeah, as much as I'm not my uh, personally not much of a labels person, I suppose we do fall into that gig theatre bracket because we like to use music and to to you know uh, within our stories and to you make our work um and and fans was a sort of seminal show I suppose really for that really um which was you know I suppose it's an energy it's that kind of like gig kind of atmosphere energy we like to have that within our shows I suppose um yeah
1: and I and I think we there's a there's a big kind of not I think that we really break rules but I think we're we the, the reason we kind of borrow a lot from music culture, because I'm a big, outside of also being a theatre fan, my other love is music. And so we borrow a lot from music culture and very like relaxed shows where people can come and go. Um, You might have your mobile phones on. That's not always applicable to every show we make, but a lot of the shows we make, we might... Those kind of rules of sit down and being quiet in a theatre space, we don't we don't do. Like that that works totally. And some some shows need that. But the work we make, I would be really surprised if we made a show where we told everyone to sit down, turn everything off and just give us your undivided attention. A lot of it is really playful and an immersive and interactive um hopefully but in a friendly way because I always I always realize when I say the word interaction people sometimes go oh oh no um and I'm the first person if I'm going to shows where it's described as interactive I go oh no this is not for me but I make most of the shows we make um we bring the audience into that world hopefully and get them part of the show so they'll be standing up and dancing and waving glow sticks by the end of the night and if that sounds like your kind of show you'll enjoy it if not you usually will enjoy it um hopefully um and I think we often describe ourselves as or because of my backgrounds kind of very much come from marketing as well. Like I've worn many hats, um, but from audience is really key to everything we make. And I think something we've always talked about a lot is people that um, might go to the theatre, but don't often go to the theatre and might ordinarily go to gigs and really be really happy in gig theatre spaces or going to comedy shows. So a lot of our a lot of the work we make um is is similar to that world so we kind of hold people's hands a bit and go it's it's gonna come come see more theatre and so i think of us a little bit as a gateway drug to more serious theatre, maybe Yeah, that's who so, we are. no yeah and that's, <laughs> that's that's great so you know i think
0: theatre should be more like that but my next question is um it says on your website This isn't shut down, this isn't sit down, shut up theater. It should be enjoyed at maximum volume. Now, have you decided as a company to make work in that way as a reaction to something about your personal experiences inside of making theater, watching theater? Has it just come about because of the sort of group of people that you've assembled, your artists around you that have decided to move in that direction? What is where does the sort of heart, the beaten heart of the 620 come from? And is it sort of multiple sort of ingredients that have have brought you to make the choices you've made in the work you've made?
1: I think, again, music being a real core of that. So I think that enjoyed at maximum volume. Um, I'm always conscious sometimes I think that that, that's either a really, really positive thing or might put some people off and think, oh my gosh, it's going to all be really loud. But to be honest, I think a lot of our work is quite unapologetically a bit, loud and fun and in your face um so hopefully that also we do what we say on the tin I think that's come from that real love of going to gigs to be honest and going to stuff that is a bit loud and um, embraces the mistakes and we're quite I would say DIY um mainly because we've had to be because we've kind of we're making very much I think we make it up as we go along but I kind of like that that's what we do and really embracing that that's what we do. Um, Yeah. And I don't know. It's just, it's always been live and loud has always been a real ethos of mine. I think since I was sort of going to gigs as a, as a teenager, even, I think that's kind of just bled naturally into the work I'm drawn to or the work that I feel I can make. And because there's loads of work I love, which isn't this, but it's not work that I feel able to, at this point, make. Whereas loud, live, you know, happy accidents on stage and kind of embracing that is very much my world. Glitter, you know, that kind of world. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I think so. I th- I'd agree with everything Manny said, because it comes <laughs> a lot. <laughs> it comes a lot from that your energy and that. And um, uh, yeah, uh, in all of us, all the people that are involved, have, uh, it's kind of shared vision of creating a good night out for people. Um and like You're saying, and having that audience at its heart, like we always that's that's I think before that quote on the website, was audience always at our heart, <laughs> so like you can kind of maybe see the the journey in a sense of where that's kind of come from, I suppose. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, and I think it's more recently that we started to embrace the um, we're not sit down, shut up theater, not um, not in the sense that that's a bad thing to be, but I just think a lot again, what we do is is it's okay if people need to talk. I mean, obviously it's not like, please have a big conversation during the show, but actually a lot of our shows invite that. So mixtape is a quiz show. And actually the first time um, a new mixtaper comes on board to be part of that show, uh, it's, it's a weird experience because the audience is very much there and, and loving what they're seeing, but they'll be talking all the way through because obviously it's a quiz. So I think we love sort of blending the boundaries of, of, of what is theatre and what's allowed in theatre spaces.
2: Yeah, I, I'll never I never forget the first time I did a mixtape, because um, I've been there from the start, um, especially when you have, even if it's, just, you only need like 30 people, but you come out, and you're doing your thing, and then you expect the, the ha-ha, like, yes, you've paid attention to me, but actually, all that's happening is they're talking to themselves, and it's a really weird feeling, because you're not, sort of it's not like they're reacting to you when you want them to react to you, they chant away whilst you and you're like, I'm performing here, you pay but actually, that's not what they should be doing, and I think that's I think that's a a, a really brilliant thing and actually I, I
0: I'm so used to that now if it doesn't happen I'm a little bit sort of weirded out
1: <laughs> Yeah something's gone wrong
0: <laughs> Yeah because I mean I think you know as you say you, you you said earlier on that you're a sort of a gateway drug to theatre to allow people that wouldn't normally see theatre as something that they want to consume to come and like yeah. sit and participate um, is, is that because you find a uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, I think sometimes theatre is quite difficult to sort of sit and watch. I mean, I, I'm sort of quite wriggly as a person and, uh, and unless it's sort of grabbing me with its imagination or sort of pulling me along with its story, um, it's, do you think that sometimes theatre is a little bit too elitist in its approach or the stories it offers? I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. These are just sort of my thoughts and I'm sort of like sending your way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's... I think it's more for for me. Often it's this the space of that a theatre can be for people that can be sometimes that 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 threshold. So as somebody, I'm really happy in theatre spaces and I will go into them. But then I'm, I make theatre, so that that to me is a given. And I think for so many people, just even walking over the threshold into a theatre space is you know it's just not something that is natural not in the same way as cinema and you go well why is that like why is there this disconnect where cinema people you know feel really comfortable doing that and how do we get um theatre more like that so I think I kind of come at it from a place of more um and that's not to put stuff onto venues it's more just that that way of how do we um encourage that kind of come come here and then hopefully once they do and they've seen something they will and watch other things and yeah and hopefully come and see a load of our shows which is obviously a big part of it but I also I think it's more that for me than than the work because I think there's so much brilliant work and it's just people don't necessarily don't necessarily feel like it's a space that they can go into for whatever reason whether that's that the ice creams are too expensive and all these things that kind of factor in so it's, it's it's what we can do to kind of encourage that and I think that's again why a lot of what we try to do again on a real kind of shoestring budget of it but is Bleed our worlds of our shows, pre and post show. So when we did fans, for example, at Northern Stage, we tried to kind of have all these fans clubs and music and bands and other things that kind of wrap around the show. So you come, and the show is an important part, but it's one part of an of a night or an a, or a day if it's a day event. It's it's you're not just here for the show. You kind of come for the social bits too. So it's I, I try to kind of trick people into coming to see theatre <laughs> with, with all the social <laughs> stuff around it. Um, which I think is really important. And that's what I love. I love coming out of a theatre show and just seeing loads of people chatting, whether they like it or not, don't mind. It's not about that. It's more just that if it starts all of those conversations, that's, to me, a good night out of the theatre.
2: I think as well, like it just comes from a, like, and, and, you know, very luckily as well, like, you know, we, we love theatre. So, like, let's share that love of theatre. Like, let's, we want to make this work, so let's let's make it. it like like Melanie said, it doesn't mean that we don't, like other work or we don't want to do other work i've done so much stuff but i think um that's just something that we really enjoy doing and i think it's it just happens maybe it's because we're in the northeast as well so that it allows you to make those those choices or um all out of necessity you know because you know what it's it's, you know we're only a tiny company so we can only do so much if you know what i mean so um you know maybe there just is isn't the same choice um and as in other places you know but i definitely think there's there's more we can do you know to encourage that and there's definitely a i i think i mean many might disagree but there's definitely a snobbery about about work that's entertaining in our industry um and and vice versa and then also there's of course an elitist thing but you know that that comes from someone feeling maybe not safe so then they put that on it um rather than then you know, maybe they get a bit scared to try something new. I'm, you know, I'm always scared. I'm scared right now, <laughs> but um, you know, but <laughs> uh, uh, So I think the more we can do to to make work that and bring work about, you know, about things that that matter in everyday life, um, and what you enjoy, um, as well as Shakespeare and all the the stuff that is classed as being elitist. You know, like let's have all of it and um, yeah, just have all of it. <laughs>
0: No, but yeah, you know, like you, you talk about the northeast, and you talk about, you know, would the? Uh, I mean, actually, so the, my question is: um, Has the northeast influenced the journey of the six hundred and twenty because of that idea of? I don't know, sort of the turn of the century two thousands. Like we were famous for, uh, Stag and parties going out and event and events. Like I think people in this city and this, and I'm talking, I think, but generally the northeast. want to go to an event and I think that sort of really chimes in with what you're talking about Melanie about that the show is a component part to a wider offer and uh, and my question is like is, are you consciously, subconsciously sort of channeling those things from the sort of like the thrum of of the northeast or or, I mean it could happen anywhere, I know that middle child making sort of similar but different stuff in Hull and etc, etc, etc
1: I I think 100% 100% yeah because I came to Newcastle in 2011 from London and one of my reasons was I wasn't uh, wasn't making work I was working for companies um and um like working in marketing and admin and doing lots of stuff that I really really loved but as soon as I came to Newcastle um I don't know what it was and it, maybe it was just um no I, I think it was just being able to connect with people I found it a lot easier um getting things off the ground um a lot quicker. And I don't know what, again, no idea whether that was a block that I'd put on myself when I was in London and whether that was real. But I think as soon as I came to Newcastle, I found really quickly um, just a different kind of ethos about like making and getting things, getting things done, (laughs) sometimes despite like, despite it um, and sort of having to push against things. And because that's again, very much my ethos is quite DIY. Like I'll do all of the roles, I'll be on box office, I'll run, you know, we'll do everything. Um, And I think We wouldn't be, I wouldn't be making the work that I'm doing if I hadn't have come to Newcastle. And I don't know if I'd have been making, because I think it would have been very easy to keep in the be, be doing really great work with great companies, but probably sticking in a more producing and marketing kind of remit if I'd stayed in London. Whereas here, there was more room or felt like there was more room to play and also to make. Um, brave mistakes and kind of just try stuff out and be like oh what, that didn't quite work never mind and I felt for some reason like I could do that more and there was more support to make those decisions here I think um, and also brilliant spaces to take over because when I was hit like the first few months of being here I decided to do a steampunk reimagining of Hamlet at the star and shadow at the t- you know who no- I think I'd gone from like hero to zero a little bit you know it was one of those where I'd sort of not made work and I was like right what will I do let's get a cast of 15 let's get a load of water let's take over a space and for some reason I feel like there's a lot more everyone will go on that journey with you really quickly or I found it easier to do that so I think Newcastle's been um and the northeast um have has been like instrumental in the way that I make work anyway um, and the collaborations and, and theatre making which I think is really cool to hear. Um, again I don't know because I'm very much rooted here at the moment but I feel like that theatre making and people doing a lot of different roles feels not unique to here but it's something that's very much uh, part of here and I feel that's again really speaks to me and the way I make work. Over to you Stephen.
2: <laughs> i like it i don't know if i had anything to add to that but yeah i think um yeah 100 yeah, percent. and some of the decisions that you know even when uh yourself mark and Northern the stage brought through the north program i mean that that fundamentally was in response to 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 the region and stuff and we've seen the really positive effects of that and stuff uh you know of, of the creativity that's come out of that um if i think back to like Newbridge studios before there were sort of kicked out of where stack stack is now like that kind of there is definitely um possibilities and um yeah the opportunity to I mean I've only ever lived in Newcastle so um you know I I don't know what it's like obviously to, to to work permanently in other cities but there's definitely that opportunity to to make work and I think that's, yeah, that's key. And mentally, mentally is DIY, like your, your, your culture comes from Manus Preachers, um Preachers, the band, like DIY pop culture, uh, punk, you know, like uh, having an aesthetic, glitter, loud, Um, you know, all, all of that feeds really brilliantly in, into kind of, yeah, a kind of um, sort of image of what the company is. Um, and then I'm here as well, just sort of, you know, doing admin. <laughs>
0: But you know, but, uh, yeah, I, no, I, I think that's you know that sort of like lovely sense of humanity that you've always had, in Mr. Blackshaw. But I think you know you obviously do more than you know you have ever let on that you do uh, in a number of different ways, and I know that to be the case. Um, and I think it's really interesting about what you're talking about, Molly, about the possibility, and you know, I think there's such an enormous uh, pool of talent both on stage and around stage and in the northeast that I still think you know is trying to find its way in the world and uh, and and will do definitely um and you talk about theater making as well and i just want to know in this diy process which i know will be part diy and other part not um how do you make work like how do you start from like the idea to actually see it on stage because uh, one of the things that I found really fascinating about the last 20 weeks is, is speaking to artists to talk about how they make and recognizing like a number of different things but also like finding moments where you see like where they're sort of like their I don't know their light is that they sort of move towards and so h- how do you make work? What, what is your process if you have a process?
1: I think a lot of a lot of the time it there'll be just a spark of some sort of idea just a something so that was it's hard it's sort of not even tangible sometimes I think um and and usually I'll sit on well I'll, I'll particularly like sit on quite a few different, too many ideas all at the same time but one will keep being the one that kind of comes to the front so um and some will just be put in a drawer for for maybe never come to life or I still like know there so at the same time as kind of coming up with something like fans just before that there'd been this show that for a while was called bed show which was going to be all set like was all about sleep and dreams and that kind of got put into a drawer because as soon as I came up with like a just an idea for fans was like no this is this is a show I can make like the bed show one was one I was trying to make and kind of like trying to force into life whereas fans was just like oh let's make that I I know about that that's something we can do and and then I think with a lot of it it just it it's I just get sparked by an idea like mixtape just sort of happened I don't even know how it happened it was just a it was just a bit of a bonkers, let's try this, see see if this will be a thing. And the first time we did it at Alphabety, it was a 20 minute um, show that was supposed to be an hour because we'd never run it. And we had no idea that obviously, when you do these short sketches, they'll be made of entirely just song lyrics, they will be really short. <laughs> so, you know, it came on a real journey, that one. Um, but each one, I think, is just a bit different and again is just playing music again is huge like a lot of the time I just whack on tunes Um, and then it's not always music that's like music I particularly am drawn to it might just be I just think a character will listen to this or that feels or just something that feels really important right now and I think that's where the other projects just kind of come out of of talking to people as well so Redcoat, and most recently with Lewis um, Jobson uh, that just came out of chatting and eventually going you know what we should just make this why are we just you know come on let's make this um it's got balloon modeling it's about a butlin's red coat what is not to love and not you know let's do this show you know it's just like let's make it um yeah so it's it's yeah it's just getting and, and getting really good collaborators in a room and people that are really up for that and really up for play because a lot of what I do is playing around and just going let's start with this and see if this will work and going down a a, a route for a little bit and then going oh actually let's go over here so as long as people are up for that because some people really love that and some people less so so um that's where we naturally have found like really great collaborators that have kind of gone on that journey with us a lot
0: so Stephen you sit on both sides of it you sort of sit in it and then you sit outside of it um and uh, how how do you find that in that making process of having to uh, manage huge parts of the company and also be in the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, the sort of in the company side of it has been
2: more of a like recent kind of thing, especially with lockdown has sort of naturally come about a little bit more. Um, so, so yeah, so ma- mainly it's m- a mixtape that I'm in it as well as being part of it. And yeah, there is that kind of thing where one brain is sort of contracting the other brain, um, and then you become that guy in the rehearsal room <laughs> or backstage of like, make sure you tidy up your props, you know. And you know, nobody wants to be that uh, person. So, um, let you know, let's let's be fair. I find myself fighting, you know, uh, sort of. <laughs> hulk-like urges to tell people what to do um no no, uh no it's to be honest it's just really natural and um uh and yeah i think yeah i think it's just a really natural thing i think obviously collaboration and devising isn't an easy process and i'm i'm not very good at it at all um (laughs) but um you know not it, true. it's That's not
0: true That's so no, not no, but true.
2: It, but it is it's difficult it's not easy you know um but i think it's just for, it's just what's natural and you've also got to be i suppose uh, prepared to say like i'm not going to be in this one um which i think has only really happened you know in, in the last year or so but mainly because you're part of the beginning process so that would never really come into play so like with obviously Redco I'm not going to be in Redco it's Lewis's story um but then there's creative elements obviously sometimes where I want to say a little bit more maybe sometimes and and yeah that can I need to know that okay I'm going to let these guys do what they need to do um because it's not helpful me (laughs) saying that right now so um I think I'd say just naturally let it happen a, a little bit um um because that's i suppose the the best thing to do really and like so at the moment we've got busy we've got two shows really which is Redcoat and busy um and they're they're the first kind of couple of shows that i've been on both sides fully i would say and i'm not i'm not an either and it's i'm i'm more on the creative side in the rehearsal room so it's still it still gives me the same sort of buzz i suppose as 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 i would have as a performer so um any performer that's maybe not tried it i'd say give it a go because you might find yourself enjoying it more than you realized um i've learned i think i'm a better performer for doing this than i am not doing it if
0: that makes sense yeah it makes total sense i think you know you learn so much about being on the other side of the fence um i mean i was shocked about how much i didn't know (laughs) (laughs) Um, when i first started um i just want to sort of talk a a couple about things you talk about um how difficult like devising and creation is and this is to both of you and melanie you talk about play when you talk about play and collaboration like what is that if you could define that for for yourselves for people who are listening like because i mean yeah i mean i say that quite a lot about to my uh, companies like let's play and everybody's like oh play what what are you talking about um and I always find that really interesting as an idea about trying to like engage that imagination in in performers and also creative teams so I just want to sort of investigate that a little bit from the purview about what that means to you um for me yeah it's
1: uh I think it's it's starting with lots of different a lot of different stuff in a room almost and just seeing what lands um so it's getting people together and what I what I'm a big fan of is if you can and can afford to is getting everybody that is involved in making whatever this thing is going to be a thing or whoever you think is going to be so that's you know lighting sound produce everybody so for those first like first days get everybody together to to talk about all of those different elements to 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 play but play as in sort of guided play of like shall we look at this um and usually in like the first day it might be stuff that if if you know with 620 when i'm directing that i'm bringing in as like start jumping off points but then after that it's people coming in and, and bringing all different elements and um, and i suppose with our projects they're, they're quite different each 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 one is very different so with me and Lewis that's very this a completely new process that in terms of play because I've never worked one-on-one before everything we've ever done has had over four, like four or above cast members I like shows with a lot of people in um so this is the first time of being like let's do a one-person show that felt like a real like brave brave move um and and that was that was really different you know we, we would sit a lot and talk you know which again sometimes I feel like I'm very conscious of if people walk into a rehearsal room um sometimes it, it looks like there's no work happening but there's so much work happening and there's so much happening in, you know up in your you know your head space and in your heart and you'll go home and be thinking about it constantly so actually the work is always with you yes it's it's fun but it's it's hard fun if that makes sense um uh so with that was really different and also really intense because that's an you know a semi-autobiographical show and we're really conscious of that going into it and like where do how far do we push with some of this and where do we make it more fictionalized um because again being having been a producer on one person shows which are like more autobiographical than Redcoat is um, just knowing that that can be quite you know tough to do day in day out so we kind of made deliberate choices around the bits where we invented a few characters because it's kind of breathing space for Lewis um, in the show Uh, yeah sorry that's a bit of a ramble and going off off, off piste a bit um but that's I think I think a lot of it is that and and again like most with fans and actually with busy as well um I start a lot of with if it's with a group start rehearsals with a playlist so like the day one will be bring in your power ballad or some you know and then it will start to make more sense as we go but like everyone brings in and then We usually spend the first hour of any day just listening to each other's tracks, talking about it, but there'll be so much of that, like, common dialogue then because we'll have all watched videos or learnt something completely new about somebody that feeds in, Uh, especially when with fans when Nina was obviously writing the show um, but using, like, little bits of influence from the real-life people. Again, like, having those moments to sit all together and be like, right, it might feel like we're using up a bit of time, but I just think... Like the job of a director maybe is to make it not feel like you're ever running out of time. There's always time. So, you know, spend an hour listening to the music.
0: That's important. Absolutely. Spend an hour throwing tennis balls at each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: 100%. I think that's the the absolute key.
2: Yeah. Just, um, I mean, practice is a huge element of it. I think the more practice you have it, the better you'll get. Because you'll have more to draw back on as well. I think Burnley's really great at just yeah, allowing you to feel that you that you can give something, um, you know, and and, and offer up something. Um and yeah. I think I had another point, but I don't know where it's gone. My brain's gone somewhere <laughs> else. <laughs>
1: i think i think that's from working with um like brilliant people like steven and um theater makers again who are really adaptable so you know i'm very again like just being really up for suddenly you know as we've all had with rehearsals where you've got plan you've got the plan for the day you think this is what we're doing today turn up rehearsal space you have to move somewhere else something you know it's just something that you can't explain happens and actually i work with lo- everyone that i you know hopefully like get to be involved in projects are usually people that are really up for being adaptable and kind of shake that off and be like right let's move over here let's do it in the broom cupboard we'll make this happen over here um, and some of the best things again that have happened are because of those those um what I always call happy accidents or just embracing the random are like some of the best things so again in, like an example of that is uh fans where we didn't we we were supposed to be in one space and do music rehearsal um, we got shifted out, went somewhere else and there was a giant fan in the space. And then the emo medley, which became a core cool part of that show, was born, which would never have happened if we hadn't have messed around with a fan in a completely different space. And I think it's that it's sometimes just going, oh, OK, let's do this. That's a lot of how we make work.
2: <laughs> I, th- I think as well, like, we bring we br- it's a, it i mean it it's, it's usually comes if manly's you know got you know a, a new idea that she's really passionate about or both or 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 you meet someone else that you that you really want to make work uh, make a show about like red Coat, um that you know you've got you've got your stimulus there like there there it is and i find myself doing it where i'm like i don't know i don't know what i'm gonna talk about <laughs> but but what's how am i gonna fill the show out but actually like it's there so um what what is that? Um, And I think we're we're quite lucky to have had a few ideas where, like mixtape, for example, that, you know, it's a cult comedy quiz music show. (laughs) So, like, you know, we come out and do sketches. So uh, me and Melanie write a lot of them. But, you know, then we just have to rehearse them. So that's a bit of a different process to, you know, to to making uh, something from scratch. But, you know, you've, you know, it, it, you Andy Show Busy is about being busy so there was a bit of a different process there because we went out and researched Busy and uh, a lot of the performers Caroline, Jess and Hannah had had went and researched so much stuff oh James as well well don't don't forget the fourth person (laughs) but like they all went out and and uh, you know and researched like what and, and and we asked them you know what does Busy mean to you you know that is the question of of the show I suppose so so yeah they they're all slightly different but in the, in in a sense you you're using that that stimulus to keep to get you going really and then how you get there like you say like the fan moment or if you want to use puppetry or whatever is or use music like most of the time I guess I suppose is, is
0: is great you know go for it so um, is research like a, a fundamental part of of the 620 process um to bring, I remember reading, which I can't quote because it's too long, but an MRI quote about uh, how knee-high make work. And it was one of the first moments in my life I was like, oh God, that's how I sort of want to do it. Or, you know, they, she talks about bringing graphic novels in, novels, music, sheet music, uh, newspaper, where fill your room full of things. And, uh, and as you're saying, Stephen, who knows what comes out of it because of that component that nobody might have factored in. So is that element of research... Uh, a fundamentally important part to the 620 process. Yeah,
1: I would say. Yeah, I would. I would say. I would say so without sort of sometimes realizing it is. Um, but yeah, I think so because I would always, you know, day one of rehearsals, there's usually like a suitcase involved. There's a there's a load of stuff that I'm bringing into that room, whether that's juggling balls and you know all sorts of things. But there's um, and films and videos and you know and just co- again, I think it's just that common dialogue, especially when you're initially coming up with an idea and going, and also even knowing what this thing is because sometimes I mean more recently, and this is definitely something that we've been. I mean, just grappling with as an idea through lockdown is more thinking of what we do as projects rather than shows. Because although we have a show, usually a lot of our things are more increasingly becoming projects. That is this is this definitely going to be a theatre show? It might be, but it might be it might be just a pure gig. It might be music. It might not be um, the thing that we thought it was. So I think um, yeah, increasingly we yeah, there's, it's sort of bringing all those things into play, looking at it all, and then going right. Where is the where is the thing? And at the moment, it's like busy is one thing right now, but I can imagine it being something very different by the time we actually end up doing it. Um, could be something totally different, you know. Um, so a lot of it is people bringing their stuff, hmm. stuff in, research, yeah. yeah.
2: I think we also quite often, or at least Natalie does anyway, starts with a certain amount of material, because obviously if it's, if it's a, whoever has the driving force of the idea will bring in a certain amount of stuff to start off from. Um, which helps, I think, as well. Because sometimes I think if you're in a group of people and you all start from zero, it's a little bit difficult um because you're all sort of staring at each other and no one's sort of got yeah, anything. um So I think it helps that we all have, yeah, at, at different points, something to sort of bring really, which is collaborate. Why collaboration is so important for the company really, and why you know um who we get on the team is is yeah, we really appreciate
0: what they bring because. Um, that, you yeah, know, but, You know, because, you know, their brains are, you know, like seven brains is better than one in any, any, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. And I think that's what's fascinating about it because it's a group of creative minds. If you're on stage or around the stage being a creative team, it's about how you've, I don't know, for me anyway, and listen to you guys talk. It feels a very similar thing of going like, it can't all happen from one head. It has to happen from everybody's head, otherwise like there's no ownership in the show. Anyway, I keep doing this, I'm gonna stop monologuing. Um Stephen, <laughs> you, you you talk about um what you've learned, and I'm quite fascinated by that about that thing where you've moved like and are moving between you know being uh part of a greater team then into uh onto on stage. What what is that learning? What does that feel like look like? Is that confidence building? Is it what is it it's a deep dark black hole, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> now,
2: um, I nearly made jo- Johnny make a noise there of laughter and honestly, if 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 that was a noise there I would have I would have left. That would have been me, I would have seen you all here. Yep. I mean, um, <laughs> um I I think I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's linked to where I am in my life. I'm thirty one now. I've had a mental you know, sort of thirty breakdown. Um so no uh I'll be serious. It's a non-stage podcast. Let's be serious. Um, I uh, swear. Um. Oh, maybe later. Yeah. Um. Uh, what was the question again? Sorry, I went off. Like, what, if, what if
0: you? No. What have you learned? Because you said you know you did say something quite interesting. i going. I encourage everybody to do it to be on both sides of it. And I'm quite interested about what that then facilitates for your performer, then what your performer then gives to your maker. If that, yeah, that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Um. I don't know if this is drawn on what I've seen, like what other performers um, have said in the past as well. So it, it, I'll probably just be recycling stuff, but um, I think, I think it just makes you a more enriched person, I suppose. And the more you've got to draw on, the more you've got to then add into the mix when you are creating a character, whether you're performing as a character, whether you're making a piece of work. Um, I, I'd say that's probably the, the biggest amount of learning for me, you know, like, you can't you can't create a real character if you you know don't go out and see the world and learn and watch and do. My biggest thing I've always thought is is to watch as much work as possible. Um, you know it, it can it can have a detrimental effect, obviously because you, you you can then if you you know maybe have not a great day or 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 trying to make that step, definitely there's thing of like, oh I need to be as good as that show. So I'm, um, you know, I'm not saying it's gonna make it any easier, but uh, yeah, I think for me, it to, to be the best kind of version of yourself, you need to learn from everyone and see stuff and do stuff, and um, you'll hear the stories of like the great actors who go out and you know and have four years off and then come back refreshed from their time in Barbados, and they learn <laughs> so they learn so much about themselves. But I think it's it's true. Like I think the more you do, I think. The more you've got to draw back on, especially from a performance point of view, and um, and then and then in a, a making point of view, it's it's just I, I just think it's really enjoyable, and I think it's when you see other aspects. Um, I know we've picked up on this a few times today, but i I'm, I'm a big believer in shouting about everyone who's involved in making a show, and I think that if we could get a little bit more of that into our public, sort of frontage once the pandemic is over is 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 everyone that's involved to to put a production on because maybe that's just me the kind of person i am but i think that's really important it's um because it's 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 a team effort you know um, and everyone's got so much to give like uh, i mean I, I i wouldn't be doing the things today if i didn't you know you know sort of find performance when i was a you know a teenager um, and before i go down on a raft of education and, <laughs> but like uh you know it, it it enriches you and enriches your life so so go for it you know if if you're interested in something and you're passionate about something um explore it and you know allow yourself to do it because um, it can only can only help um and i think Melanie, has a, that her, her her way of making work has definitely helped me because i'm very like i have to know the answer now. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very much like, I must get to the end, whereas um, I think you're really great at sort of, tr- you know, trying your hand at everything and allowing time for things to happen, um, which I don't necessarily always do. <laughs> so I think um, learning from other people and, and different ways of making this c- can only improve you.
0: <clears throat> on that, to both a of long you. answer. <laughs> no, it was a great, great answer. It was a totally great answer. O- on that, um, you talk about education. I'm just thinking about... Uh, those significant moments that have led you to where you are talking to me and, and the silent producer, Johnny on the screen. Um, and like who have been your champions that have like opened doors for you or helped you on your way. Um, and I'm not saying the journey's complete by interest too much, what I'm saying is, you know, like to where you started, to where you are now, I think, yeah. Like what have been significant moments and who have been your champions that have allowed you to sort of believe or move forward um, I'll go. I'll shall, shall I start, mentally
2: Shall I go for it? Go yeah, for it. Go
1: yeah,
2: for yeah it. You've started. I think. Start. <laughs> I think for me, <laughs> absolutely. So look at that, but directing right there. Um. Uh. Um. I think for me, it's it's like maybe not so much someone, but it's a it's it's just an act or it you know someone trying something that is maybe in a position of of power in inverted commas or what you know where of that is placed. You know, it's it's someone giving you a a chance to try something um and an accumulation of that over time gets you to where you are so i mean i'd have to say mentally is, is a massive one for me because it's taken me down a, a really you know new and interesting route in in my life in my career which is amazing um but within that there's opportunities from like live with mixtape which are just like oh do you want to try it here um um, even like say like even the North program, it's like it's it's just moments of of trying something that really for me is is key because it it allows something to happen. Um, yeah, I think that was an answer. Yep, yeah,
0: that, that was definitely an answer.
1: Uh, for for me, I'm just trying to think. Um, I I know one thing that I think sparked me more into di- like directing theatre making and all of and. Like rather than because originally when I was much younger, acting that was that was going to be the thing. I'm very pleased I'm not doing that because I'm not an actor. You know, I I, I realized quickly I'm not an actor, um, but a teacher when I was at school, um, I'd auditioned to be in Gregory's Girl. I didn't get in it, and she said that I could be a stage manager. And at the time, I was furious because I wanted to be in the show but then really quickly loved like it was like the best thing that ever happened in a way and then from that point I think I just sort of defaulted then probably into just being really bossy at first like my, my old school directing style when I was younger is so different to who I am now I think I was just a bit bossy um and then that, that, I think, sort of sparks me into that. And then I went to, for uni, I went to Lancaster University and I was part of the theatre group there. So I didn't study drama, I studied English literature. But I think doing, being part of that society, and I did, I did act there, but it was ba- mainly so I could hopefully at some point direct a show and a, a full like devised piece, which they hadn't really done at that point. So eventually, by third year, I convinced them to let me direct a show that was not a known show and to create a show. Um so I think Lancaster University Theatre Society was huge. And then coming here and just getting certain choice, you know, things along the way and having um certain champions and, and live has been a really big part of that. Um Graham uh sort of just having that belief in somebody that was in the marketing team and me going, I've got this idea for a double bill of plays and him going, why don't you put them on in the studio? And me being like, can we, you know? And I think sometimes it's just that it's the, it's the the first step through a door and just that, right, let's make this happen. Let's do it. Let's get, let's get this merry band together and let's start making theatre. So those are the people probably along the way.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's, you know, yeah, it's sort of weirdly cliche, but this is that sort of like right place, right time, right person. You know, that allows you to sort of like believe in yourself or go, that's quite a good idea. Let's, let's help you to do that. Um, which, you know, <clears throat> yeah, is, I think, fundamentally important to it, progressing as a as an industry. More of that, please. <clears throat> more of, and more and more and more and more. Um, yeah, and
1: I think not necessarily seeing people in the pigeonholes that they are, because everyone that's in a building does a hundred different other things. So you've got your musicians on box, you know, and it's remembering that. So for a long time, I'd worked for people that wanted to put me in you're a marketer or you're an administrator. And, event. and it doesn't mean I don't like and can't be those things, 100% can, but you can also be these other things. And when people give you that little bit of breathing space and go, actually, what do you also do? Can we help make that happen? You can still be on box office, but you can make an immense show in the evening. You know, like those two worlds can exist and let's have more of that, please. You know. Uh,
0: you've sort of touched on this a little bit, but how has your practice changed over the amount of time you've been working together and... Mm. Uh, if you haven't been to a six twenty show before, what can you expect? And we've heard a little snippets of that, but I've been to one, and it's, it's it is an experience. And so I just want to sort of like, <laughs> <clears throat> put like a really like genuinely brilliant theatre experience. And and I think in that it's like, what have what what has changed if anything, and also, what what's the heart of of your show? Is,
1: um I think you can always expect that it will start before it starts um you it won't just happen in that theater space it will something will happen when you first arrive um whether that's being given a wristband or a glow stick or something you know um just that world and we try and take over when we're allowed to we take over as much as possible so you'll you'll always usually be swept into a world hopefully um and then I think yeah usually just um a bit of an explosion in your face fun theater quite an apologetic theater um usually we're quite short and sweet as well apart from mixtape but it has a really good uh middle interval but that's only because of demand that like mixtape has become as epic as it has but that's because it's kind of got its own i mean the the fans of that show have kind of made the show what it has become which is like now two and a bit hours but most of our stuff is you know it's an hour it's kind of that perfect bite-sized theater normally Um, but then we'll have elements afterwards and pre it, so there might be bands in the bar. So again, I think it is always an event um, and an experience, and you can just totally turn up for that middle bit, but hopefully you'll stay and stick around for the rest of it, and usually people do. We have a good good track record of getting people who say, I can't stay after the show, stay after the show. (laughs) 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 That's usually... (laughs) I think that's i think that's probably a lot of what we do hopefully see anything to add? um i think uh,
2: it, probably yeah we were probably said it but yeah we won't we won't just ask you to sort of sit down and pay attention to us you know we will probably be talking directly to you and not in a scary way but we won't you know there, there's no fourth wall usually um and then yeah, we, we definitely want to play with that more and yeah um like melanie said earlier like the idea of a project, you know, like we've been thinking a lot during lockdown about it as projects now. And um, there's some really great work that people um, that, you know, like on am uh, telling we freelancers on Facebook. If you haven't joined that group, please do, because it's like changed our lives since we've been on it. And um, yeah, like just sort of. Yeah, we, we've started with the idea of it not now ever being in a theatre. It could be outside or it could be, you know, online. Um, like this, or it can be a note, a recording or whatever. So, um, yeah, it, yeah, we won't ask you to to sit down <laughs> and pay attention to me speak.
0: <laughs> can I unpick this idea of what a project is? Yes. So, so, so um, because I'm 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 really interested in that, um, about what that means compared to a production or a show or how how else you classed or classified your work previously. So, what what is what what is a project then?
1: I think that probably comes a bit from, uh, most recently it comes from something actually we're making with um, Gobskier through um, a programme, Write Longer, with Alphabeti and a completely new collaboration, and uh, because of lockdown we were originally going to do that as a script in hand uh, share back at Alphabeti, and then we needed to reimagine it. But also at the same time when we were first thinking of that show, we'd already Thought of it maybe being an audio piece or an exhibition, and then I realised, and well, me and Stephen realised actually with all of our stuff, whenever we come up with ideas, it's usually it's never just a show. Um, not that that's a bad thing to be, but I think it's always multiple things. Not all of those things need to happen, and not all of those can. But I think we 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 have a lot of different stuff, the stuff in the mix. So I think that's where we kind of started to think more of things as projects. So again when coming up with fans it was always going to have this verbatim um radio interviews that were always going to exist online it was always going to have a digital portal but I don't know which one almost came first because I think some of that idea became before the show and you know and it could have become just a like a gig to be honest fans and it could have gone down so many different routes um and the same is true with mixtape where we often are like ah this is we're going to film it you know or we've got loads of other interactive digital ideas that we want to do with it and I think that's where we're kind of more re-looking at all of our stuff that we've got coming up and thinking of it more as projects and possibly the most the the example of it most recently and one that we're kind of excited about but it's kind of been put on obviously on hold temporarily is um is Club 620 which is a way of us being able to collaborate with artists we would never like just with completely new people in completely different mediums and different art um, worlds and different ways from puppetry to circuits to all sorts of things that really challenges us then to hopefully make completely different work and then make completely new projects which might not be a theatre show that happens on a theatre like in a theatre it might be something completely different but we don't know what that is yet but that's exciting
0: (laughs) so exciting (laughs)
1: I think Um, uh, yeah,
2: yeah. I think I think as well. Like, hopefully, our ideas are social. So let's create a social space. You know, like when we say something happens beforehand, it doesn't have to be like someone walks into a space and does something. It can be an exhibition on the wall. Um, You know, it can be you know the sound of music that comes through the top. It can be it can be small. You know, it can be whatever you want it to be. So you know, hopefully. And it just gets people into that world and makes them feel part of it, I suppose. Um, you know, if you're doing a show that is rooted in the Northeast and you can somehow make people feel part of it or be able to share something uh, or, or at least see themselves. Um, I know the work should obviously do that, but um, if they can feel, you know, like, oh, I'm walking to a space and I'm almost like a, not in an exhibition of sorts, but I'm in, I'm in this world. I think that, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I suppose we're quite interested in at the moment.
0: Yeah. um, yeah, so I think my next question essentially is connected to that, which is about what have you both been up to over the last twenty weeks? And I know that you've been working on Busy and Red and The End for the Horizon, and <laughs> I made your mixtape, which is part of Summer Streets Festival, and you're going to restart Breakfast Clubs uh, on in, end of September potentially, maybe who knows? Um, so I'm just sort of like um, took this out there because I know like each, each project takes huge amounts of work, and so like. <clears throat> how have you been you know facilitating all of that output across 20 weeks (laughs) yeah this is all
2: madeline's fault it's always her fault um just gonna throw that out there (laughs)
1: um yeah i think i i I sort of uh, (laughs) it's always a problem i'm not very good at sticking to just one thing so i always have too many ideas on the go and probably too many projects um so yeah i uh, it's a it's an interesting one. I think we're try we're trying to work that out a little bit. And because I um until really recently, actually just before lockdown, really good timing, um I was um I was doing a lot more freelance work and I was working as a producer for paper birds and doing a lot more um, Stuff outside the company, and then I'd made the decision this year to kind of focus more. And so, I think at the moment, actually, we're trying to work that out a bit better that we don't have 501 projects because it also means that, like, we have all of these brilliant ideas, but we can't always fulfill the full ambition of them because I'm a little bit terrible that I'll get to a certain point and be like, Oh no, shiny new thing over here, and I need to not. And it's, it's good to have that because I think, actually, you know, when you get a bit stuck on one project, having the other one to jump into for a bit is super useful but we are the teeniest tiniest team and actually trying to make all of this happen it's <laughs> not always possible um so I think that's something we're we're starting to really look at and and how we can make make the shows that we do and the projects that we do happen and and not trying to make everything happen immediately and kind of space them out a bit a bit more um but it's been really busy um since since lockdown began, just trying to kind of keep it going and work out what our next what our next moves are and what what we want to do next. I think
2: and we're fortunate in the sense that um, the two the red coat and busy started just before lockdown, so you know we had that period of activity that we had to do. So um, uh, it's obviously not been easy, um, but we've been trying to reimagine it and still trying to fulfil. Um, you know the projects. So um, we've actually extended busy because we haven't been able to do what we've wanted to do. Um, by the by the time of the end of this month, if you know what I mean, in terms of the sort of ace bid. Um, so that's that's the reason why those two are happening because that had to happen. Um, and then the same frame for the Ryzen. I think we, uh, along with with Ben Dickinson and um and uh, uh Matt Jamie from Coracle, like so there's sort of alphabetical Coracle six twenty. We all said, like, let's talk, still try and give the writers their platform or their moment to still have this show. Like, we were really keen, especially me and Melanie, to be, like, it would be a real shame seeing as we're a month away from actually having them do the piece. Let's see if we can, you know, still do something with it. So these were still three projects that were were, were essentially supposed to happen in, in the real world. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, it might seem more busy than than it kind of is in a sense, but uh, uh, yeah, they're always supposed to happen, and we're just we're just keen to still try and do it, you know, and
1: yeah, yeah. And then we just snuck in and made you a mixtape because we just came up with the idea and thought, let's just do it. Sometimes you just have to put the, the application in and when you got it, you go, do you know what? This is, we're just going to do it. And it was a great chance for us to do something really different and kind of use some of the things from, because um, I was involved in, in GIF Festival and taking that online. And actually it was a chance to having been a producer, helping people take their work online and love doing that. Just be like, right, let's use that and make our own, you know, again really quick piece of theatre but it was great fun just sort of working out how we could use zoom in a more you know interesting way and what we could do and what was possible um which is great and then the breakfast clubs have been running um throughout lockdown um but we're just taking august off just to recap calibrate on it um but that's been great because normally they we meet up in independent uh ve- like venues cafes throughout town and it's a great way for hopefully for freelancers and cultural workers just to get together before like officially your working day starts and just have a moment to a eat some awesome breakfast um but just have a chat about like just the stuff that especially if you're a freelancer um you don't have those water cooler moments in the same way and it's just nice to kind of have that as a bit of a regroup but we weren't sure how they'd go when we took them digitally online but actually it's been great because people that maybe couldn't get to the physical ones um have been able to Come. Um, it doesn't get around some of that, the the obvious things with people not having access to internet again, but I think that's why we kind of want to take a month off to rethink how we can make them more inclusive and, and, and how we kind of do them going forward. But that's been brilliant just as a way of, again, meeting loads of new people because there's just so many people that you've just never met, um, especially here. I think sometimes it's really easy to think, oh, I've met loads of people, but there's just so much stuff going on. The first Breakfast Club, there was like 10 people who... All had festivals and all sorts of other things that I'd never even heard of, and you just like, how have I, how have I not heard of what? You know, so it's it's brilliant yeah. for that. Yeah,
0: sharing knowledge really important. Yeah, yeah,
1: super
0: important. Um, so I've got one more for you both, um, uh, which is sort of uh, by um, request from producer Johnny that I brought back, um, and it is um, uh, beyond all of the work you've been doing and all of the thinking you've been doing about, you know this crazy thing. Um, what have you been reading, watching, playing, whatever over the last 20 weeks to sort of decompress, to think, I don't know, joyous thoughts, etc., etc., et, cetera, et, cetera, et cetera.
2: I like this question. I like hearing people's answers when I hear the other podcasts as well. Um, and I thought about this beforehand. Um, mine's, <laughs> I don't really read. Look at how
0: smug Johnny is right now.
2: <laughs> I'm just trying to get him to make a sound, Mark. Um, uh, mine's I don't really read which is terrible I mean I do read but I don't really read books so mine's more of like podcasts so um, and they're all basically things that Melanie introduces me to but I'm going to claim them as my own Um, but a couple of podcasts is Grown Up Land which is great if you've ever heard of Grown Up Land I'm sure a few people have because I've mentioned artists that are involved Um, and then uh, Off the Menu as well with Ed Gamble and um, oh man I forgot his name uh, James Acaster that's it I really like him as yeah. well um, <laughs> and, and then we listened to a Louis Theroux one the other day which is really good as well which Louis Theroux did like a series during lockdown which is quite interesting with people because um, I'm not someone who's ever really got into podcasts so I think the lockdown has sort of helped with that actually it's really nice just to sort of pop them on pop them on the Alexa and, uh, and away <laughs> she goes Says impressions and everything mm-hmm <laughs> I can teach you some Alexa questions. I mean, you're wishing maybe for because, afterwards, I, mean but...
0: I can never get Alexa to play any of my podcasts from Alexa at all. So I need your oh. advice after this. Wait until you ask <laughs> her to make
2: fart noises and just change your life, Mark. Well,
0: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Melanie, what have you been listening to? Reading, whatever, playing.
1: Um, I just realised, as you said it, um, this question, I, it wasn't an answer I thought of, but um, Sims 4. Retro gaming, but for some reason I re- I downloaded The Sims again and just decided to <laughs> live my life vicariously via miniature people that can actually hug each other and do all the things that I can't currently. So I think that might be why. <laughs> so Sims Four and actually Sim City. Um, I've lost a few. You know, when I just need something completely different to everything else. Um, that has been great, and I have a lot of like um. Like it's really cheap at the moment, so anyone who wants to download it, you know, get on that. Lose lose some time to a bit of Sims, um, and then a lot of like just graphic um novels and stuff like that particularly on um like Instagram. I sort of mainly use that to look at cartoons. I don't really use it for you know like looking at inspiring lives that people leave um live. I kind of yeah mainly like awkward yeti or story of my effing life. There's a few, but they're good fun to just look at.
0: And kind of laugh laugh at. Yeah. Great. Um, Melanie and Stephen of the 620, thank you so much for the last hour of your life. It's been really enjoyable to hear you talk about your work and other things. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Thanks, it's been guys. great. Awesome. <laughs> See you
0: later. <laughs> Our thanks to Melanie and Stephen for taking the time to chat. Really into the idea of making coming to the theatre an event from the moment you buy a ticket to the drink in the bar. It's what makes it unique, and the 620 are constantly giving an audience an experience that they want. Great that work like this is happening in the Northeast. We'd also like to thank all of the artists, collaborators, and creatives mentioned in this podcast. Thank you to the tranquil terror that is producer Johnny, aka Johnny Rothwell, for editing the podcast, to Mark Melville for soundtracking, and to Chris Clayton Scott for doing all the work to get it to finally thank you for taking the time for this we really appreciate it please do take a look at the show notes with the links to all the resources and websites that we talked about and also if you want to subscribe or leave us some thoughts you know what to do thanks for your time